Hi, it's Liren Baker and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant podcast. Today we're chatting with Robbie Brown and Verita Chatical. Robbie works with Ectera, the San Francisco Bay Area nonprofit that brings people together to create local solutions for a healthy planet. This month, they are hosting a Meatless May challenge and Verita is one of their inspiring participants. Hi guys. Hello. Hey, thank you for having us. Oh, I'm so excited to chat with you. But first, I always ask, what was the first thing, and you guys could take turns, what was the first thing you ever cooked and about how old were you? Actually, I have a really funny story about that. I uh, I think the first thing I ever cooked was like frozen hash browns, if that counts. Of course. And <laughs> for some reason, I thought the oil in the, the pan needed to boil before you threw the hash browns in. And what I ended up doing was just burning olive oil for like an hour so that what? house kind of smelled like it was on fire and I gave my mom a heart attack but <laughs> oh boy. that was my first experience wow how old were you uh I was probably in like fifth grade or something oh boy I, I bet the fire alarms in the house were going off because the yeah. fire <laughs> <laughs> how about you um gosh now that you say it I think it was I had assistance from my parents but I believe it was pancakes because because the mixing was so fun. So I yeah. did the mixing. That that was and I think I was 4 years old. Oh. I love that. We're all about pancakes on the weekends, so that's probably if I ever ask my kids that question, that'll probably be their first answer, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> so Robbie, could you tell us a little bit more about Actera and the Meatless May challenge? Sure. So Actera as an organization, we're really um about empowering our local community here and uh, giving them the agency so that they can take action and, and specifically in regards to climate action, right? So we launched this challenge, Meatless May, which started on the 1st and it ends on the 31st. So it runs for the entire month of May. That's 31 days in total. Mm -hmm. And uh, this challenge is open to the public here. We're essentially encouraging individuals in our area to make a dietary pledge that incorporates more plant-based foods or plant-forward eating. Um, so you may be wondering, what does that really mean? So we're encouraging a plant-forward diet, and that's one that incorporates more fruits, more vegetables, legumes, and whole grains, and less meat and animal-based products. Um, and why is an environmental organization encouraging that? Well, from a health perspective, a plant-forward diet can potentially help reduce the risk of certain diseases, uh, lower blood pressure and cholesterol, et cetera. And then from an environmental standpoint, uh, the animal industry, and primarily from factory farming, it, it's a huge emitter in terms of greenhouse gases. And it has an enormous environmental footprint when you're looking at like the water usage and deforestation, uh, runoff, transportation, packaging. So essentially from raising that animal and getting it to your plate, it just it has a giant footprint. And we're, we're trying to make a difference in that sense. What I love about this is that the challenge is pretty open-ended. You can completely eliminate meat if you want, or you could just eliminate on certain days of the week. I guess it's all about making those small changes. So what do you offer someone who isn't ready or doesn't want to completely omit meat from their diet? What are some services that you offer or suggestions? Right, right. So let's pretend I'm a meat lover mm -hmm. and I got to have my burger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I hear about this challenge and maybe the environmental side of things pique my interest. So I go to sign up on our website and I'm filling out the form. Uh, one thing that you'll notice is first you, you indicate what your current diet is. So I would put meat lover, for instance, and then you pick from four different diets 
um, in terms of what kind of goal you want to commit to. So it's really flexible in that sense. You could say, I want to be a vegetarian. So that's someone that doesn't eat meat, but maybe they'll eat animal-based products like dairy and egg. Um, or maybe they want to go all the way and go vegan and not eat anything animal-based whatsoever. They could be a pescatarian, and that's someone that doesn't eat uh, like beef, chicken, or poultry, but they do consume fish. Or they could be a flexitarian or reducitarian, which is really what that plant-forward uh, diet is. And that's where you kind of emphasize plant-based foods and meat and animal-based products are kind of more of an accent if they're included in your meal at all. So in addition to that, you can pick how many days you want to commit to your pledge. So uh, maybe as a meat lover, this is a little intimidating and you want to start off kind of small. You can you know, commit to being a flexitarian for one day out of the week. And as each week progresses, maybe it gets easier for you and you can adjust and you know, be a flexitarian for three days or seven days and so forth. Um, and then for people that feel like they need extra help or assistance, we, we kind of have two opportunities for them. One is to join our Facebook group called My Healthy Plate, Our Healthy Planet, which is a community of people that are like-minded when it comes to food sustainability. And in that group, uh, we post tips and resources and we offer support. Sometimes we showcase products, stuff like that. Uh, and then the other option is you can request a buddy. And a buddy is essentially someone that has gone through this process and they're there to offer extra support or assistance, whether it's via you know email or over the phone. That's awesome. It's kind of like having a mentor uh, in the yeah. whole process. Um, I also noticed that you offer cooking classes. Can you tell mm -hmm. us more about that? Yeah, so we have one cooking class right now for Meatless May. That's on the 16th at 5.30. And it's going to be roughly around 45 minutes. And two of the buddies, uh, Isabel and Davey, are going to be giving a cooking demonstration on two common favorites, uh, quiche and chocolate mousse. But the thing that's a little bit different about this is that the quiche and the chocolate mousse will be completely plant-based. So you're kind of learning two staples, uh, but you know, how to cook them in a way that's a little bit different and a little bit more sustainable. Mm -hmm. And if you sign up, um, it's free and you get a free copy of the recipe after. Very cool. And then I noticed that there are 31 days right in May. And for each day, there is a tip for each day, which is super helpful. Do you have a favorite tip that you can share? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. So in each week uh, in May, we have a specific theme. And the first week is about... Uh, meat alternatives, meat subst substitutes, and reducing your intake of meat overall. And on the fourth, we posted a tip about a, a category of taste called umami. So right, there's different categories such as like sweet, bitter, sour, salty. And then umami is kind of the savory, earthy, meaty flavor. If you're not quite sure what it is, maybe think of like a meaty soup broth, like a ramen broth or something like that. It, that's kind of that umami taste. And uh, what this tip was about is how you can acquire that umami taste through plant-based options. So uh, seaweed, miso, mushrooms, those are kind of common ways to get that umami flavor. And uh, I, I really like this tip because as I embraced a more plant-forward lifestyle, I kind of got exposed to the world of mushrooms and the different varieties and flavors that they give. And I love uh, Mexican food, for instance. So I'll get like portobello mushrooms and marinate them in lime and make fajitas out of them. And it it satisfies my, my taste buds when I want something kind of meaty. 
So overall, I think that tip is great because it shows you how to get that flavor without actually using meat. And then also how to get that flavor without using any processed plant-based meats. I love that tip too. And actually, I, as I mentioned before our call, I'm writing a book that is focusing on plant-forward eating. And that's definitely one of the tips um, in my opening chapters. It's about umami and capturing that flavor. And I remember when I first started trying to, I guess, quote unquote, convert recipes uh, mm -hmm. into more plant-based ones, I would... I made my own fish sauce using mushrooms um, and just oh, kind, wow. of, kind of harnessing those flavors. And it really made a huge difference because that was the missing ingredient in so many of, let's say, my Filipino-based recipes because it mm -hmm. needed that umami. And so it definitely filled that void. So I love that tip. Um, okay. And I also know that if you're here in the Bay Area, there are certain restaurants that are kind of helping out and participating with the challenge? Right, right. So, you know, our, our logic behind this was, look, every, everyone's really struggling right now due to the pandemic. And one of the industries that was hit really hard is the restaurant industry. And we wanted to kind of think of a way to support some of the local restaurants here in the Bay Area that we love so much. So what we decided to do is partner with local Bay Area restaurants with our Meatless May Challenge. So a lot of them have been offering incentives. If you're a Meatless May participant, right, you may get a discount. Uh, you may get samples. Mm -hmm. There's one restaurant that's offering an exclusive Meatless May menu. And then in return, what we're doing is helping promote these restaurants and raise awareness. So it's kind of a win-win for, for both of us. Completely win-win. I saw some familiar names on the restaurant list, and that was really cool. And Verita, you are a Meatless May participant, but I know that you are not new to the whole Meatless Challenge. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I am uh, born and raised in San Francisco, so very, you know, the Bay Area is my my home. And I think, you know, food-related, I've it's just it just lends to being open to trying a lot of different kinds of cuisines. And mm -hmm. prior to doing the challenge for the first time last year, I, I was a glorified meat lover. You know, I grew up on buffets and, you know, just having a lot what meant good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> so, so, so it was, it was quite a challenge. And I think probably the first thing that got me thinking about Plant Forward was watching the documentary Forks Over Knives. Um, and about, you know, the, the health implications of such a meat heavy diet, it, it made me really sad to watch because it, then I would have to let go of something I really loved. Um, and then slowly, you know, wanting to understand more about environmental sustainability, I, st I started working um, for an organization called commute.org, which is a traffic reduction agency in San Mateo County. But it, it really got me about the the carbon footprint, as as you all were saying. So I was at work, I was seeing how cars were doing that. Um, but I also wanted to see the other other um, co contributors to our, our carbon footprint. And slowly, I became very curious about all the different ways that we can change our own lifestyles. Um, and then I would say the third thing that really motivated me is that I'm a, I'm a longtime Tai Chi hobbyist. And, and from a physical perspective, oh, that's so cool. I, yeah, I, I had spent so much practice, you know, clearing my body of muscular tension that, that I, mm -hmm. I became very aware of when my body felt stuck. 
And it, it would happen when I would give myself a food coma, eating some overeating at meals. Um, and it would not allow me to go out and practice and enjoy my favorite hobby. Um, I, w- I would just have to wait for the food coma to, to you know, <laughs> to dissipate until, okay, now my body is clear and I could go mm-hmm. and that it, it really tripped me up. So there were just a lot of factors. And when the pandemic hit last year, um, I had just found out about Actera and I was like, I need structure um, to do this because I didn't know enough to do it on my own. And I saw this challenge and I said, I'm going to use this as an excuse and, and, and try it. So last year was the first time you decided to start eating less meat or totally eliminate it. Did you, did you completely eliminate it or did you take baby steps? It was, it was a huge commitment (laughs) to even do it two days a week was, was how me and my, my family ate. So, um, and I was a a loner in that one too. So just having, just, just being able to make the commitment to, to diverge from family eating habits too, and kind of like be Mm -hmm. the one in your home. Um, so I was, I was looking at all the recipes. I think the best, the best, um, source of support for bacteria, at least for me, was the recipes because I just needed ideas because the, the recipes I was used to was like slice up some meat. And that's the first thing. Right. Um, yeah, it's a complete mind shift when you start thinking mm -hmm. about restructuring, especially when you're, so I'm assuming you were cooking for yourself as well as Mm -hmm. your family. So were you cooking two different meals? Um, I mean, our family is pretty eclectic and so they're, everybody's stomach has a different preference. So I was already, we were already used to, to cooking like very divergently and then to get mm. creative about that. But I, I realized I needed to buy new things, like obviously more pantry items, more season, more mm-hmm. seasonings that I wasn't used to. Um, but even to commit to those two days was like, I, I had to do quite a bit of prep about, you know, I even remember sending Robbie this, this like, you know, like panicked email saying, wait, does eggs, like, what about eggs? <laughs> like, is that okay? And, um, and then I noticed after the month was over. So I, I did those two days and I was like, wow, that's, it was actually really hard. And then I ended up just eating the meat on the remaining five days that I, I decided to do the more plant forward thing to lead with the, the veggies, mm-hmm. um, and the, and the beans. Um, rather than try and, and, and like cram my meatlessness into a day, you know, so I'd have this, like, it's a better net gain, you know, a better net gain of plants over the span of a week than if I were to try and shove and deprive myself. Um, so it, it it really trickled into the rest of the year. I've done so many things. Like I've embraced beans, you know, I got myself an instant pot, which was like a game changer for me. Um, so, and, and I've also, you know, I tried making, making my own miso, I believe. Um, but wow. I really embraced miso for the umami mm-hmm. portion that you both were talking about. So I, I just got really creative and I, I stretched, I stretched what I, what I typically ate quite a bit. It's so, yeah, it's so interesting how you have to be creative and how you also have to figure out what works for you and your mindset and what will contribute to longevity. But I'm also curious with when it comes to people who are making that transition, I think it's really easy now to go to the store and see things like meatless meat products. So what are your thoughts on that? And Robbie, feel free to chime in too. Like, what are your thoughts on things like the Impossible Burger or the Crumbles? Because I know I'll use that once in a while with my daughter. She's she's um, 
pescatarian. Um, and we'll, we'll use those once in a while, but what are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm curious to know. I, I like the Impossible Burger. I've eaten it when I order at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't necessarily be my go-to for, for cooking, like meat substitutes. I, I did enjoy Mar- Morningstar, you know, brand sausage for a while. But I just realized that it was just easier for me to really love the vegetables and, and to choose yeah. well. And it, it, you know, just in the pathway of the supermarket, I didn't shop that way. I just would go to the butchery section and I would go to the produce section because because my family's culture is such um so strongly home cooking that we already shopped that way that it didn't occur to us to like go to other places so it just I I went I went very strict on just like I'm getting more vegetables (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I totally get that how about you Robbie yeah, for me, you know, sometimes I like to eat them as like a special treat, if you will, every once Agreed. in a while. Um, but again, I'm trying to stay away from processed foods as much as I can when possible, just because they can be high in fats and sugars and salts yeah. and stuff. Um, and I think one of the things with cooking with vegetables is it requires creativity. And that that's kind of like a fun challenge for me when I'm in the kitchen. Yeah, I agree completely. I think in the beginning because we we did the whole vegan thing for a while for my husband and it was very easy to kind of say okay well we're going to just replace the meat with the you know those convenient products but in the end you realize no it's a little different the, the shift has to kind of change mm-hmm. as you were saying towards more vegetables and being creative um so are you is your background thai mm-hmm. it is so yeah. are there any recipes that you felt was a challenge to let's say convert uh to a meatless to a meatless version of it um I think some things are actually quite easy so if I found it too challenging if if just like say um sliced steak was a part of a certain recipe I just wouldn't even try um but there are some some things that transferred quite easily you know like patsiu like meat is not the core of it so I just put shiitakes in um pad thai you can just not add the shrimp or the chicken um yeah, or the dry shrimp in it. And, it, and it's yeah and it it still holds its own as mm-hmm. a dish um I think the most challenging thing for me in Asian cuisines is soup stocks like I think I really love a hearty bone broth um but for yeah. Thai food I will say like the first Thai thing I learned how to make which isn't in Thai restaurants at all but I think every household does it is like a fried omelet and it it you and my family actually prefers um rather than flavoring it with fish sauce is there's a particular brand of shiitake mushroom soy that that oh. we use in the in the omelet and it's just a flat omelet and you can add the veggies you can add eggplant mm-hmm. to it you could add tomatoes to it um and it's really probably the the first foundational thai comfort food item um so when i heard i could do eggs i was like oh my gosh i'm so relieved <laughs> That's so true because with the eggs, you've got um, a really nice base that you can make so many dishes with and desserts. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about desserts for a second? So in terms of, you know, going with this challenge, like are there any um, dessert considerations that you have to, that you changed along the way or did you just kind of keep that the same? I I think in my month recap, I told Robbie, I said, the the problem with this challenge is I ate so many desserts. 
um, because because dessert many you know does it it becomes very easy to make um, vegan or ve- vegetarian desserts and actually what helped me convert quite easily is that I'm lactose intolerant so I was already dairy free oh, so yeah. I had that in me and and you know I love ice cream I love cheese um, but once the market became very dairy alternative friendly and you know once once I had like an equal selection of dairy-free ice creams to choose from, I, it was so easy, you know, to, to become dairy-free. And I was like, okay, I don't even, I don't even miss it. I don't even miss the other flavors. And then, um, you know, so I, I love, you know, I really love oatmeal and grains. So I just had heartier desserts. I actually started from this later in the year, I learned how to make my own soy milk and tofu which I think was like, it was such a fun process. And I kept going, I made my own soy milk and then I made my own tofu. And then I turned the soy pulp. I I just did this recently in the past couple months. I would take the soy pulp and then make oatmeal cookies with them. Um, So you're not wasting anything. Yeah. And so it, and it, you just eat one cookie and it's so filling and, and, you know, that'll, that'll tide me over better than any, like better than any croissant you know, from a bakery will. It'll just keep me yeah. full and full of fiber. So it sounds like a good cookie you could have for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um so this May is you've been you've done this before. Are you finding that this meatless May challenge is easier than last time? Or I'm yeah, I'm I committed to more days. I think last year I committed to two and now I'm committing to four. But again, four, I'm not saying like Monday, Tuesday, Friday, you know, I'm not doing mm-hmm. it that way. I'm like going by number of meals. So I think um, what I'm doing is vegetarian lunches for the most part. And like, like I, I think what Robbie said earlier about um, accenting meat, you know, meat is the accent to the meal rather than like the, the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I think overall, in if you were just to look at the big picture of what I ate each week, I would actually do much better with meat accents, you know, to each meal than I would just committing to like three days or so. So yeah, this year has been a lot easier. I've just, I, I still have my recipe list that Actera sends and I'm really excited about the latest one that they sent out. Um, and it gets me excited to try new stuff. And I've, you know, the, the cuisines that are naturally vegetarian, like I, I just started, you know, trying out my first like Indian recipes where that was always a cuisine where I would always order out because I didn't yeah. know what to order. They always had really great buffets again. <laughs> Especially where we live. It's mm-hmm. like, why, why bother cooking when we could just order it? Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> well, now that I have my instant pot, there's nothing that's really stopping me from doing the lentils and the beans and, yeah. and all of those like curried things, which, you know, um, Thai food really came from that source in terms of curry. So mm-hmm. it, it became much more natural. Um, so I'm, I'm not struggling to find things the way I did last year. That's awesome. So what would you suggest to cooks who are going to maybe try this? Uh, what would be a good starting point for them? I think if it's, it's, if it just is at the point where it seems unfathomable, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I know what that feels like. Uh-huh. Um, looking for dishes that are accented by meat rather than the main event. So my other favorite is um, mapo tofu. Yeah. um, Where it's just like the ground meat is just around the tofu or around the eggplants. And another thing I've been doing with that too is um, I've made better strides just saying that I will eat 
um, poultry and fish and, and really reduce my red meat. So instead I would make a, a mapo tofu with, with chicken instead of pork. Um, and then it's much less. And then with the meat that I am eating, you know, I actually can then splurge on like really good, sustainably grown meat, you know, the expensive kind that I would not get before. And so with all the veggies that I'm buying now, it kind of like in, in terms of my own cost savings, it, it allows for better meat choices. Um, but I would say start with the accenting because they're at least for me, you know, like wanting, having a very core Asian diet. Um, I would just look like literally look on my favorite restaurant menus and see which ones I could adapt to have like a meat accent, but with like maybe a tofu core or a veggie core Mm -hmm. to it. Um, and like I said, like the quintessential home time meal would be like the fried egg omelet with some stir fried veggies. Um, and then the meat accent would be just a shrimp paste sauce, you know, so actually most of it, Mm -hmm. um, would, would be, uh, plant forward. Yeah, I love that. It's just sort of like a little accent piece, little like the earrings to the <laughs> to the mm-hmm. outfit. So, but yeah, if it's just not if it's just too hard to cut cold turkey, that that would be, I think, the best transition. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Robbie? Any good tips for anyone starting out? Yeah, I, I would just say um, keep an open mind. At least that's what really helped me uh, when I started pursuing this. I started trying vegetables that I never really ate before. Um, I would just go to the store and be like, oh, that looks interesting. Let's see what I can do with that. And and um, looking up various recipes, sometimes even eating out and trying something that I typically wouldn't order that's plant-based. And, and then I'd be like, oh, I, I really liked how this tasted. Now I want to try to recreate that in my own kitchen. Um, so yeah, I would say just don't be afraid to to get creative. There's of course going to be some you know trial and error that that's involved, but that's kind of the whole fun. And then once you you do nail that recipe, it, it's so rewarding. Yeah, I I know that when I sort of because our family did we did a little challenge you know as a family, and it's amazing how many recipes I now continually make that came from that time and. So over time, it's it's nice to see that you can kind of progress in your little continuum. And it doesn't have to be all the time, which is what I think is so awesome about this challenge. So we're coming to the end. I have some closing questions for both of you, if you're game. Um, you just sure. chime in. Okay, so what's something that you make? And it doesn't have to be meatless, but it can be. <laughs> um, when you're too tired to cook, your emergency go-to meal. So we're, we're talking in terms of like convenience. I I would probably say a, a quick burrito is <laughs> always yeah. my go-to. But yeah, plant-based burrito, um, especially a breakfast burrito if I'm going to get real specific. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I like to do like some scrambled eggs and then roasted vegetables and throw that in. Yeah. Super easy. How about you, Verada? Um, I do... I would say a scramble as well. Something I really fell in love with doing this year is um, the Japanese oyakodon. Mm. Um, nice. It's kind of, it's egg scramble, but it's just so fun to swirl it in the saucepan. Um, but it, it's just, it might not be the most convenient. It, it actually quite has a number of steps, but I, I say it's my go-to because we always have the ingredients for it in our yeah. home. So like chicken, eggs, you know, um, chicken, eggs. And then I've been to get more plant forward, I've thrown kale and greens into it. 
Or sometimes I don't add the chicken altogether and it's just like a very spruced up egg dish. Yeah. I think kale is my little secret weapon. I just throw it in everything. My kids are like, there's kale in this, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) But you can put it in so many things. So, Um, What's one recipe that each of you treasure the most? Mine's a recent one, actually, I just tried and it was a uh, vegan ramen and it took me so long to get this already and prepared I'd say like two days in total of just prepping and stuff and uh (laughs) to put that much commitment into a recipe I I was really worried (laughs) that wouldn't turn out okay but I was so happy with the end result and that's one of um my favorite foods of all time so I was really happy to to get that nailed down yeah how about you I would say my grandma's rice porridge recipe um, mm. it's like a, a ground, it is a ground meat rice porridge. Um, but it has the mokwa fuzzy melon in it. And, um, a base of a lot of Thai soups is actually cilantro root, which I think, you know, a lot of mainstream cooks don't, don't know that yet, but it, it's a thing. The Southeast Asians go to the farmer's market and they're just eyeing which cilantro still has roots attached because we're all <laughs> looking to get, take it home and make soup with it. Okay, um, you have yeah. to tell me more about mm-hmm. the cilantro root. That's so interesting. So the, yeah. literally the roots that are still attached, mm-hmm. not the stems, but the root. The actual root, yeah. So how do you how do you do that? Do you just um, chop it up and use it as a flavor? Uh, pounded with um, in a mortar and pestle with some garlic. Yum. Okay, now I'm going to look for cilantro root the next time mm-hmm. I'm at the market. I mean, That's very cool. hard to find. <laughs> I, I just think of all the cilantro out there with all their roots going unused, and it makes me sad. <laughs> so the next time I grow cilantro, I will mm-hmm. start harvesting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, thank you. Um, okay, are you guys messy cooks or neat cooks? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to consider myself a like clean, neat cook, but it, it definitely can get messy from time to time. I think it just depends on what I'm making. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I clean while I'm cooking and I, I'm probably pretty anal to the point where I, I don't want to eat my meal and return at all to a kitchen that's messy. So I, I will yeah. let my food go cold to clean the kitchen first. <laughs> that's commitment. <laughs> but how nice, because then you can eat and then you're done and you can relax. Very, very cool. I love that. What's a good kitchen tip that you can share? For me, going back to convenience, if I have a free time, uh, like over the weekend, I'll prep some of my vegetables in advance, just get them ready to be sauteed or whatever it may be that I have in in mind for my meals. So then when it does come to time uh, to cook, it's just very quick and simple. I can throw it in my skillet or my pot or whatever it may be. And it makes the process a lot, a lot less time consuming. Yeah. Meal prep is so awesome, but I'm terrible at it. (laughs) (laughs) I would say give the recipe the time that it needs. It's not going to taste good if if we think this recipe can happen in 30 minutes when it really doesn't take that. It takes longer than that. So give, give the recipe the respect it deserves. Oh, I like that. That's true. Mm-hmm. So many of us are in a rush and we're like, okay, it says 30 minutes, but it really just needs to. That's my husband, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He'll put something on the grill and I'm like, it takes much longer. Okay. So every Friday I try to share five little things that I love on my site and it could be just anything that makes you happy. Is there anything that made you happy this week? I think the sunshine. Yes, for sure. It's been so nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking 
earlier before we went online. A lot of flowers are in bloom right now. And just going for a nice walk and seeing that just really, really makes me feel happy and at peace. I love it. So thank you both for taking some time today. Where can people find you if they want to start with this challenge or, or anywhere else online that you want to be found? Yeah, so you can go to actera.org to learn more about our organization, or you can uh, go to our individual Meatless May website if you want to learn about the challenge itself or sign up. Um, even though it started on the 1st, you can sign up at any point within May. And you can also reach us at healthyplate at actera.org if you have any questions. Awesome. And I know that there's this won't be the only challenge. There's other things that you guys host throughout the year. So right. Yeah. Um, we'll have some more that. cooking demonstrations this year and then um, hopefully one more challenge to uh, to close the, the year. Great. Thank you both for showing up and chatting Meatless May with us and good luck with the challenge. I can't wait to try it on my own, too. I know I, I've sort of already kind of cooked in that direction, but I think this is good for me to just sort of jumpstart it a little bit more um, and maybe maybe add another day or two to our family schedule. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Robbie Brown for sharing the Actera Meatless Made Challenge with us and to Verita Chatical for her experiences and tips for more plant-forward eating. If you enjoyed the show, I would love if you could take a minute to review, please share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking.